Well, good morning once again, Friendship Church, on this crisp Sunday morning. In this not unbelievably hot Sunday morning here in the Houston area. Glad that you are here. Uh, Today we're doing something slightly different. The sermon today is a little bit different than, than, um, I guess, the way that I typically uh, preach or, or bring a sermon. But we, So we were scheduled to have a missionary here today, and they were unable to make it. They had to cancel. And so I didn't want to rush the next series that we're starting next week. Uh, next week, uh, don't you know that we have a lot to praise God for? Amen? So we're going to praise God the next couple of weeks, uh, just so you know. Just a little teaser for you. But uh, so, so not have a missionary today, and so I wanted to talk about something um, it's a little bit of a vision, but it's a, but it's a vision in why do we do the things that we do? We are the church. Did you know that? Yes, we are the church. And so the church is a building. Yes, you came to church. But how many of you know that you are the church as well? Look to your neighbor and say, you are the church. Look to your other neighbor and say, we are the church. Okay. We are the actual church. And God has a purpose for us and what we are supposed to do, who we are supposed to be uh, as the church. And the church is uh, kind of two things here. The capital C church, which is the church all over the world. All over the world today, people are meeting together and worshiping the Lord in different countries and different states and cities all over the world. And then there's the lowercase c church, which is friendship church. And so... We believe that scripturally there is a purpose or purposes of the church, capital C, and then each church, lowercase c, um, figures out what the Holy Spirit wants them to do in these purposes. So that's what we're going to look at here today, the purposes of the church. Why do we do what we do and what do we need to go um, what do we need to do going forward to have uh, to, to be who God wants us to be? All right? Uh, one of our, when we lived in the Hague, Netherlands, we would, uh, we walked around everywhere just because that's what you did. Everybody walked around everywhere. And there was one place that we liked to walk down um, and there were several uh, embassies. So you would walk and like on your left, there was kind of this small building with one little flag with the Spanish flag there. That was the Spanish embassy, obviously. And then you walk in the next building, kind of a small building. It had the French flag out there. There was the, the French embassy there. And there, there were several different countries around there. And so you turn the corner, and there was this huge courtyard, and there were all these trees, and it was just a beautiful area, and there was this huge building with eight American flags sticking out, and, and it was next to all of these small buildings with one flag, and then there was the United States Embassy with eight flags, and it was this huge place, and you just kind of looked at it, and you thought, America, you know? It was just... <laughs> They were like, we want the, where's the biggest? We want the biggest uh, building you got. That's the one that we want to put our embassy in there. And it was just very obvious there. But, uh, but many countries, they, they had that. They put an embassy on foreign soil uh, to provide help and safety to the citizens that are there in that country if they need it. The church here is something of an embassy from heaven where we're here on foreign soil This world is not our own. This is old school Pentecostal preaching right there, okay? This world is not our own. We're just passing through, okay? 
okay? But it's true, though. It's true. Uh, here we are on foreign soil. Uh, we are citizens of heaven, and the church is here for its citizenry as well. Slightly different, though, because we want those in the foreign lands to become citizens as well. So it's a little bit different. But we are supposed to be, when I say we, I mean the church, we are supposed to be a reflection of what home is like in heaven. And so we're supposed to be that reflection so that other people know that's what it's like to be a citizen of heaven. When you walk into the uh, embassy there, there were Americans that were working the desk who spoke English and like the American version of English. So there wasn't like the boot in the car, it's the trunk of the car, okay? And so it, it, was, it was very American, which is great. That's what it was for. And so we, it is part of our duty to be heaven here on earth in a sense or show Christ to those outside into the world. That's part of our purpose. And that's what we're going to be looking at here today is the church. It's a gathering of people who were called out and brought together for a purpose, um, in the Bible, we're called God's people, God's chosen, the elect, disciples, body of Christ, bride of Christ, even Christians. Um, and there are certainly other names as well that we can be called. But that is who we are. We are Christ followers. We are called out of sinful practices and lifestyles that are common to this world. Um, and we are to show the world the right way to live, if you will. And people want to talk about all the opinions. Well, this is what I think that we should do with our money. And this is uh, the policy that I think should take place. And, and this is how you're supposed to live your life. Well, it's okay for us Christians to kind of step up and say, well, this is God's plan for our life. And if you look that every time you begin to spend money or spend time or throw your passions on things that are other than God, your life begins to crumble. And I think that we should be able to say that unashamedly. And say that God has created us as human beings to glorify God. And when we choose not to glorify God, our lives are not going to live up to the purpose that it should. And I think that we, should, we can be able to say that. And so we're going to look uh, at a few things, a few of the purposes of the church. So we're, I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, but I'm going to be in a, several different places that, that, that support this idea. But Ephesians chapter 2, if you wanted to turn there, you can. Um, at the, before, before we get to the verses of 19, what Paul is talking about is that because of Jesus Christ, there's no longer this kind of Jewish church, if you didn't call it church, but this, this, this Jewish idea, Gentiles are invited as well. So it's not so much that uh, you were called by God as much if you were Abraham's child, but now because of Jesus Christ, Gentiles are included in this. And we are Gentiles, so we are thankful for that. Uh, we're thankful that we have been included into the family of Christ. And so he's kind of talking about that just a little bit here. And so he says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, it says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. See that? We used to be strangers and foreigners. Now they're part of the body of Christ. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. So we are a part of this holy order. We are God's people, and we're members of God's family. 
We're members of God's family, and we want you to be a part of God's house. And so that's why we say we come to the church, but we are the church. It would be a problem if this, build, this wall over here decided not to come to church today. We'd have kind of a problem. Maybe not today. It's feeling pretty good outside, so maybe, that, maybe that's not too bad. But if it's raining or whatever, like we need the walls of the church here, right? Well, we need you to come as well. We want you to be a part of the family, a part of the body of Christ. And so you are invited. We want you to be here. Come be a part of what God is doing. And then it says that we are built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. One of the things that I think that we need to uh, maybe, maybe relearn in, in society, I guess, but, but even as Christians, is that the world did not start when we were born. <laughs> like, sometimes I think we feel that. Um, there has been a long list of history of people who have come before us and the things that they have done, Christianity is where it is today because of them. And we need to be thankful for that. We are standing on the shoulders of men and women throughout history who have lived and even died for Christianity. William Tyndale was burnt at the stake simply because he wanted to translate the Bible into English so that those who spoke English could read the Bible. And Rome said, no, nope, we want to do away with you. People like that, they, that have dealt with persecution that we have not, I mean, very honestly, have dealt with a lot of that. And so people have come before us, and we are standing on their shoulders. And I think that we sometimes need to humbly remember that, that people have come before us. Christianity didn't start whenever we were born. Uh, it's been before us. And you know what? There's going to be years ahead of us that we want Christianity to be alive and thriving, so we need to carry that torch because one day we're going to pass it on to somebody else as well. Right? So we want, when the people ahead of us are standing on the shoulders, we want them to stand firm on, so on the shoulders of apostles and prophets. But I will tell you that it is a firm foundation because the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. And so I'm thankful for that. Verse 21, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. This verse right here, two verses right here, could be a whole sermon. It's not going to be, but it's gonna be a, it could be a whole sermon. You Gentiles were being made a part of this dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. Everyone here in this room have looked for a place to live, whether you're buying or renting or whatever, but you're looking for a place that's going to fit your family. How many bedrooms does it have? How many bathrooms does it have? Ooh, I don't like the backyard situation. We can't live there. Whatever it is, you're looking for the house that's going to fit you. And if the Spirit of the living God is going to live inside of us, we need to be building a house that is appropriate for that Spirit. Right? God does not want a roommate <laughs> with a worldly attitude or worldly actions and these type of things. He's, he's, he's living in His Spirit. He's the only one living there. Okay, He is living inside of us. And so as God's uh, spirit lives inside of us. We are building a house here and a house here where God wants to live and dwell and move, move us out into what he wants us to do. And so let's look at these five purposes. It's possible that they're um, 
are more than five, or at least there's strands of these five, but these five purposes of the church, I did not come up with these. These are found in Scripture, and these have been taught for years and years and years, especially in the New Testament, of the purposes of the church. Yes, the big church and the church here as well, these purposes of the church. Now, there's purposes different than strategy. Strategy is how we're going to do these purposes. We're going to have a trunk or treat coming up, and that is one way that we do outreach. That doesn't mean that every church has to do a trunk or treat, but every church must at least outreach. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference in purpose and strategy. We're going to talk about purpose here today. Why do we do what we do, and what are we doing here, okay? So the first thing, the first purpose of the church is to honor God in worship. What we are brought here together to do is to honor God and worship. So before we get to people, before we get to us, the purpose of the church is to honor and lift up the name of God. And we should do that unashamedly, by the way. We should, like, this is what the the Sunday morning service is geared toward the saint, the Christian, who's going to come together and we're going to sing songs in worship to our God. And we want to make sure that that is done. Now, we're going to, there's a couple of things that we do that has the non-Christian or the guest in mind, which we'll get to in a second. But the Sunday morning service is for the saints to come together and to worship God and to lift him up in song. And there's not many other places that on a weekly basis you go and sing songs together. It's like people don't meet at Chili's and sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat together. You know, that's not... You know, typically you don't do that. If you do, I'm not going to that Chili's if that's what. But I'm just saying, typically that's not done. But we do that in the house of God because for generations, generations, thousands of years, Christians, godly people, men and women have come together to worship God through song because that helps us to remember who and where God is and who and where we are. And so we look up to God in worship, and we sing songs to Him. And we honor Him through that. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So the way that we live our life needs to be honoring and pleasing to God. Not honoring and pleasing to ourselves or to others. Honor and pleasing to God. That's one of the purposes of the church. To honor God. And we need to do that unashamedly. And I think it's okay that when other people, you know, why do you, you know, vote like this? Or why do you live like this? Or why don't you do the things that we do? Not because we're better than them. It's not a separate, separatist type of a deal. But it says, but we're Christians. We follow God. And we have found out that God's way to live life, since he's the one that created us, God's way to live life is the right way to live, to have that relationship with the Father here on earth, and then to one day live with him in eternal life in heaven. And we should be able to say that. It's okay to say that. And we can say that without fear. One of the purposes of the church is to honor God in worship. Before we get to us, God is going to be honored. Second thing is to grow to be lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. Second uh, thing that us as a church that we want to do for you um, and that you can do for yourself is to grow to be lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. So you get saved, you love Jesus. Hey, that's great. 
God wants to take you places, and he wants to teach you things. And the best way to do that is to read your Bible, to know more and more about the Lord. The more you know about God, the more that you want to love him, the more that you want to follow him. But as we grow in the Lord, we become more like our maker, Jesus Christ. And we want to grow to be more like him. James 1, uh, 3 to 4. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So we are striving for perfection. We're never going to quite get there until heaven, but we are striving for that, be holy as I am holy. I want to grow in the Lord, and we want to give the ability and the opportunity to grow in the Lord. So... Uh, one of the things we do is Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, we come together and we have a Bible study here uh, for the adults. We've got kids upstairs and we've got uh, teenagers over here. And the, and the point of it is for us to grow together closer to the Lord. And that's what we do. So like this last Wednesday night, for instance, um, we, we're going through the book of Mark, chapter by chapter, and we're looking at it and we're asking questions that are, why do we believe the way that we believe? Because sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm a Christian, so whatever the Bible says, I believe that. It's like, okay. But why do you believe that? And let's ask some questions to get us going. And so what we talked about last uh, Wednesday, we talked about the story when Jesus uh, cast out the legion of demons, and the demons went into the, uh, the pigs, right? There were like 2,000 pigs running around there. And so then they ran off into the lake. And so one of the questions was, why did Jesus cast out the demons and have them go into the pigs? Why didn't he just destroy them? Why didn't he send them to hell? Like, why did he send them to the pigs? That's just an interesting thing. And so we were able to discuss it and talk about it and look at the Word of God and see what it was. And if you're looking for the answer here today, well, we talked about that last Wednesday. You should have been here on Wednesday, okay? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, if you want to know more questions like that, this Wednesday we are talking in Mark chapter six. Is this six? Is this week? And so uh, we want you to come and be a part, so we can grow in the Lord together. You see that? All right. Next. No, I'm not going to give the answer. Next. <laughs> Serve in ministry. One of the purposes of the church is that God has given all of us gifts, talents. And even if you say, well, I'm not one of those with the high amount of gifts or talents, he has given you opportunity. He has given you opportunity to serve uh, the church, to serve the Lord, to serve each other. Ephesians chapter 2, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You were actually created to do good works to serve the Lord, to serve each other. That's what it was meant to do, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God works behind the scenes so much more than we think that he's working. So like when God tells you to do something, like that's our first time hearing it. And you're like, I don't know if I can do that, God. But God's been working behind the scenes for a while to get you in a position to be able to do what God's asking you to do. So you can trust him in that. And so uh, we have um, opportunities, uh, like, like many churches do, to greet at the door uh, for youth ministry or kids ministry, whatever it is. Find a place where we can serve each other, even if it's sending an encouraging word to the worship team um, or praying for each other, whatever it is. But that's, and you find that all throughout the New Testament. 
you find this, iron sharpens iron, which brings in the, the growing in the Lord, but carrying each other's burdens as well. Uh, we're supposed to serve each other. I've, we've talked a lot about that in the last couple of weeks, so I, I'm not going to expand on that, but we're going to serve the Lord. The next one. Now, this is going to sound the least spiritual of the five, okay? But we believe that it is a purpose of the church, and that purpose is to fellowship in community. What does that mean? Hanging out with each other, with each other, like go bowling and stuff? Yes, if that's what you want to do, sure, okay? Absolutely. Now, that doesn't sound as spiritual as the other. Like, honor God, that sounds pretty spiritual. Fellowship and community. Doesn't sound as spiritual, but I'm telling you, one of the devil's schemes is to get you separated from each other. He loves it when you feel alone. When you feel alone, you feel like, you know, God's like way up there, up in the heavens somewhere. I don't know. I don't, I don't you know, know all of these people. I don't know. They don't, I, I don't trust them and they don't trust me or whatever. Satan loves it when we are separated from each other and when we feel alone. When we feel alone, there's no way that we can carry each other, like I just said, bear, uh, bear each other's burdens. But also, we can help each other strive to do better and to work together. So when you hear someone else say what God has showed them in the Word, then you think, oh yeah, I haven't read my Bible this week. Okay, yeah, I need to do that. But if you're living on an island by yourself, you're not coming to church, you're trying to live this Christian life by yourself, you don't get these little moments and pockets of people telling what they have learned in the Lord and all these things, and it doesn't bring you into a better relationship with the Lord because you're trying to do it all on your own. And just this, this, the whole idea of I can be a Christian without going to church, that, that's it's silly. We don't come to a building to get a relationship with God. Hopefully you're doing that throughout the week. But we come to this building to stay connected as the body of Christ. We stay connected as the body of Christ. Yes, we're growing in the Lord as we come to church, but we stay connected. Look what the first church did. When the, when the church was starting, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That makes sense. Okay, listen to sermons. What does the Word of God say? And to fellowship, up there at the top, being with each other in community. We call it community, but fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. We're supposed to come together and love each other. We are not meant to walk this road on our own. On our own. This goes back to even all the times that he talks about prayer. Very rarely is it praying by himself. What does he say? Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father. Our Father. So we're supposed to pray as a group, like together. We're supposed to do things together. Yes, absolutely. I understand that you can have your personal prayer time, but we can come together and pray. We had prayer night. In fact, last night had a good turnout. Thank you so much to those who came and prayed with us. It was a wonderful time of praying together. And we were able to pray for each other's needs because we knew what the needs are because we joined together. Fellowship in community is so important for the life of the church. And we cannot overlook that. Do not try to live this Christian life on your own. You're not on your own. You have people, you have a church here that love you and want to help you and be a part. Finally, the last thing, fifth purpose, reach our community and the world. What are we doing? 
if we're not reaching our community in the world. If we are saved and we are the people of God and we are the disciples of God and those people out there are not, obviously we need to bring the light of God's salvation into the world. Aren't you glad that someone preached the gospel to you one time and that you are in this family? And so why would we not want to bring that into our world? Now, we do this in two ways. We look in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you get this idea of the people right around you and the people in far-off lands. And so we support missionaries. And, and this church does a pretty good job when it, when it comes to missions work. I do want to encourage you that anytime we do bring a missionary to give something, throw $5 in there, I don't know, because it's... it's it's your way to practically do what the scripture is saying, go into all the world. So anytime we bring somebody up or, or we're going to take up an offering for a missions program, I'm not saying everybody has to give $10,000, but I'm just saying, can everybody give something so that we can do this purpose of the church? We do, pre we do pretty good at that. I want us to do well at our community as well. There are lost people in this community. I'm talking Richmond, Rosenberg, Katy, Sugarland, Fulcher, this area. There are lost people in this community who are waiting on us to be the light. And they don't know it, and maybe they wouldn't verbalize it like that. That's not how they would say it. But their soul is reaching out for a forgiving God, and we know the way. We know the way to salvation, so why wouldn't we go to them? I don't like to give Satan a lot of credit. But he does a good job of just simply ruining lives. And I've seen it in church, and I've seen it outside church, and it's just heartbreaking. When you, you'll hear of somebody, oh, so-and-so is getting a divorce. And you think, oh, well, that came out of nowhere. No, that didn't come out of nowhere. There's been weeks and months and maybe years of things going on. It's out of nowhere to me. I just heard about it. We see hurt and pain on the news, in our neighborhood, and it's like, well, you know, that's tough luck. Let's get ready for church. And I'm like, like we need to be the church and go into our community and tell people about Jesus. And, and I'll say this, people are more ready and receptive than I think we give them credit for it. I think that we think if we bring up God, they're going to laugh at us or throw something at us or whatever. I think people are more receptive than we think. I was watching an interview recently here in Texas. There was a, an atheist that came to the Lord. And he came to church. And he fully assumed that when he walked into the church that he was going to be unwelcome. This is a place for Christians. What are you doing here? 
And he actually, he's telling the interviewer this. He said, I actually had a speech ready for when the pastor was to come up and tell me that I'm not welcome here, that he needs to go, that this is a place for Christians, that I had a speech ready that was something to the effect of, I, I, I know that I shouldn't be here and, and I apologize, but I've got nowhere else to turn. Can I just sit in the back row and listen? I just need something. And he's, he's saying this to the interviewer as if that's what he was going to say to the preacher who, was, who he thought would tell him to leave. And he says that he walked in and he felt the exact opposite. That there was love from everybody that shook his hand, glad that you're here. He went in to find a seat and the pastor saw him and walked up and said, hey, glad that you're here. He gets up and he preaches a message on the love of God. And it was the exact opposite of what he thought. And he said, I didn't even get to say my speech and I was ready for it. But I found myself at the altar giving my life to Christ simply because of the love that was shown from God's people and the love of God that was proven to him on that day. And I'm thinking, that's exactly what and who we should be. And we don't know who is receptive out there. And I know that you've talked to your neighbor a couple of times and maybe you've thrown in church and God a few times, whatever, but you have no idea the hurt that's going on in people's lives And for you to bring that up and talk about a life-saving God who loves them, whose arms are open wide, like the prodigal son coming home. And we know this. We have this information. We know this. We need to tell this. If that's not a purpose of the church, I don't know what is. Why do we do what we do? All the things, all the things that we do. Why do we do them? Do we do them because, well, that's what we've done for the last 50 years? I mean, that's not a reason to do anything. Do we do it because someone else over there does it, so let's do it here? Do we do it because, well, it worked one time in our history? Do we do it because there's a couple of people in the church that want to do it? Do we do it because we just got too much money? It's burning a hole in our pocket. We've got to spend it on something. No. We don't do it because of any of that stuff. We do it because what the Word of God tells us our purpose is. We're going to honor God in worship. And so we're going to do things that honor God. We're going to do things that help each other grow to be lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. We're going to do things that help and assimilate service in ministry. We're going to do things where we can fellowship together in community. And then we're going to do things where we can reach out to our community and the world. That's why we, as Friendship Church, that's why we prayerfully consider everything that we do. We built a parking lot because we wanted to have, make sure we had space for when people showed up, they had a place to park, that they wouldn't circle the parking lot and leave. That's why we did that. We have a welcome center. We, we do different, th- the things that we do are for those things. And they are prayerfully considered by the leadership of the church. And I'm thankful for the leadership of the church. Last verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? The Spirit of God lives in you. The Spirit of God lives inside of us. I preached all through this summer 
walking in the Spirit because those who are in the Spirit, no one sits in the Spirit. You walk in the Spirit. And if the Spirit of God is living inside of you, bringing us together as a family, He's going to move all of us to something. We're go- we've got to get out of our comfort zone and just wait until heaven. But God is going to move us to honor God and worship, move us to grow to be lifelong followers of Jesus Christ, move us to serve in ministry, move us to fellowship and community, even the introverts, move us to fellowship and community. He's going to move us to reach our community and the world. And so maybe you look at those things and maybe there's one or two of those things that you think that you're pretty good at. Maybe there's one or two things that you would admit, I'm not really that good at that one. Maybe that's something that we need to pray about and help God help me to be better at at one of those things. But I want to ask you to do this with me. Can you dream with me just for a moment? Dream with me for a moment. What, What does Friendship Church, this church, because of me and my family, and let's put... Let's not just make it singular. Let's make it you like, and your family, your wife, your husband, your kids. Because of me and my family and putting an emphasis on these things, these biblical things, what does Friendship Church look like in one month? One month of me giving my all to honor God and worship, to grow, to be a lifelong follower, to serve in ministry, to fellowship a community, to reach our community in the world. What does Friendship Church look like in one month? What does it look like in one year? If all of us did this, in a year, what would Friendship Church look like? What would Friendship Church look like in five years if we all began to do this? What would we look like? Another way to look at it is, look at the past year and have you honored God and worship? Have you grown to be a lifelong follower of Jesus Christ? Have you served in ministry? Have you had community? Have you reached your community? And are you proud of that last year? And if you are, then great. That should spur you on to the next year. And if you say, you know what? I lacked in a couple of areas in this last year. I don't want to look a year from now, the second week of October, and feel the same way. I want, where do I want to be a year from now? I know that challenges us. But this is the purpose of us and the church. What are we going to do with the information that God has given us in this Bible right here? Can we stand together? We're going to go into a time of worship. And maybe you need to ask the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Where, where in this, where, one of these five, where do I need to grow? Where do I need to be better? What, what of these five do I need to put more of an emphasis on and pray God help me help me to, to, to look to the next month to the next year and where you're taking us at Friendship Church and I want to be a part of it I want to be a part of where you're taking Friendship Church I want to be a part if you want to find a place to pray these altars are open but if you want to spend time we're going to, we're going to do the, the first thing we're going to glorify God in, in our worship We're going to lift him up. So in fact, in your own words, can you just begin to talk to the Lord for a second and worship him for a moment? God, we love you this morning. Once again, we praise you, God. We thank you. You're the author of our life. You're the Alpha, the Omega, beginning and the end. So Lord, we come to you with everything. We worship you. We lift you up. Before we get into our stuff, we worship you because of who you are. You are the way. You are the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. 
And God, we worship you and we thank you. If you want to find a place to pray, these altars are open. But let's send up a worship and a praise to our Heavenly Father. Let's honor Him this morning. I love the local church. I love the local church. This right here, this body of believers, this body of Christ. And it's more than just something to do on Sunday morning. God's given us a purpose to live out. I want Friendship Church to live out that purpose for what God has for us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word that we can look to. God, we love your word. We love your word, God. It encourages us. It challenges us. It leads us. God, we love your word. Help us to always stay true to your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the purposes that you have given us. Lord, we want to honor you and worship. We want everything that we do to be pleasing unto God. We want to honor you and worship you, reminding us who you are and who we are. So, Lord, we lift you up in worship. We want to grow to be lifelong followers of Jesus Christ, lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. Help us to grow, not be settled where we're at, but to continue to mature in the Lord. Help us, Lord, to serve in ministry, to use the gifts and the talents and the opportunities that you have given us. We don't want to waste any opportunities that we have. We want to use those for the Lord, for the glory of God. Help us to stay connected together as a community and fellowship with each other. Learn from each other. Grow together. Pray for each other. Be there for each other. Help each other, God. Help us, Lord. Help us not to try to figure this Christian life out on our own, but help us to walk together as you lead us. And Lord, help us. Help us to reach our community and the world. The word says that we are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And I pray that we would take the light into the dark places. Help us not to be afraid to take the light. There are people who seem like they have it all together. But without you, it's, it's, it's put together. Lord, There's, just, there's faces and people that are just coming to my mind that that you love. God, we will, we will never look someone in the eye that you do not love. Every eye that we look into is someone that is loved by you. Every single eye. So God, help us to be kind. Help us to be kind. Bring the light of your love to them. Help us, Lord.
Help us, Lord. We thank you, God. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy of praise. Thank you, Lord.